Hello, I'm Gemma Kearney and this is Life on Our Terms, a podcast with the Open University. This is a podcast that's all about learning and succeeding on our own terms. And every episode, I sit down with an inspiring guest from a different field to get the inside scoop on their unique path to success. My guests might work in very different areas, but one thing they've all got in common is that they've made education in all its forms central to the way that they do things. The idea of lifelong learning is key to the ethos of the Open University. As experts in distance learning, they've enabled millions of students to achieve their ambitions by bringing university to them at whatever stage in life that they're at. To get a better understanding of what the OU do, every episode I'll also be taking the time to catch up with a current student about their experience studying at the OU and where it's leading them. Okay, let's get cracking. Our topic today is one for all those aspiring future CEOs out there. We're talking entrepreneurship on our terms. And I'm super excited to get into the detail with a man who himself built a leading enterprise from the ground up. My guest today is the founder of online music channel SBTV, which he launched when he was just 15. SBTV shook the music industry by creating paths for musicians to promote themselves and build their fan bases outside of the traditional record label system. Jamal's gone on to collaborate with Google, Top Man, Hermes, to name just a few, as well as writing a book, launching a music label and picking up an MBE along the way. Most recently, he's announced a partnership with the Department for Education with a campaign encouraging creatives to think about taking up apprenticeships, but he's taken some time out of all that to come and chat to us today. With that incredible CV, woo! of course, I'm joined by none other than Jamal Edwards, and I'm super excited to speak to him and have a catch up. Hello, long time no see. This is a treat. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about SBTV and your path to this point? Um, so I started it in school um, and I basically uh, was filming musicians, uploading to YouTube and then basically promoting it on the internet. A lot of it in the early days was underground, but then I realised I needed to branch out to the mainstream. And then, yeah, hundreds and hundreds of millions of views later, I'm here. What were the origins, your educational journey? What, what did that look like? So I went to school, I went to college. I, I studied a BTEC National Diploma in college, but I actually didn't do media in school. Um, and like when I got to uh, college, like SBTV really started to pick up. And then I wanted to find a way where I could like still do SBTV, but still, and do education. But at the same time, I made a deal with my parents to complete college and then they would leave me alone. Um, so it was just like, the education side was 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 important to to get me to a certain level, um, but then I was able to take it to the next level by just going out there and doing it for myself. You mentioned that your family wanted you to continue studying. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and you're it, like, it came... no, I'm running a whole yeah. YouTube channel. Yeah. Do you know what? It's a, it's about trying to be as flexible as possible, and it was great because once my form tutor knew what I was doing, I was able to have that conversation. But before I wasn't. So I was balancing everything in silence. But when I actually sat down with them and said, look, this is my YouTube channel, they're like, wow, this is really cool. Like this is the production I'm using. They was able to be much more flexible with the hours that I was 
in college, but always also giving me like flexibility to be able to do SBTV as well. Did it feel like a business when you started it or did it feel like a project or did it feel like a learning experience at the beginnings? Um, I think it was just a passion at first. Um, it And I think when I was able to employ the first people, that was when I could change it into a business. But when I first started, it was just... I enjoyed filming. That like, first and foremost, I just loved filming and uploading it to YouTube. I was fascinated by it. I was I was excited about finding new talent. It started to become a business when I was able to leave uh, the job that I was working at, and then I started employing people, and then that was able to then just have that snowball effect. And did it feel risky? Did you feel under pressure because it started to really build momentum, but at the same time you were still studying? Yeah, it was very risky. Like risky to leave like a a steady job that paid me every month, whereas YouTube was a monthly, depending on how many views you get. I could have got no views in one month that I wouldn't get paid, you know what I'm saying? So it was a risk that I had to take to sort of do it. Um, But at that time, there wasn't a lot of people doing it. So my curiosity was like, there's not a lot of people doing it. It must be something. But at the same time, I was like, no, there isn't anyone doing it. So can it work? So it was just like a lot of questioning at, at the beginning um, and a lot of doubt in myself. But um, I sort of kept through with it and, and carried on. It is particularly difficult, especially for you at the time that you started SB because no one had done what you'd done. So you're trying to explain something that you're doing. <laughs> But there's not really an example. You're like, yeah, I'm sort of starting a new MTV. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's what it was a lot in, in the back in the day when I was going to try and approach the artist and stuff. It was just like, yeah, it's a YouTube channel and I'd like to film your artist and I'd like to interview them. I'd like to do an accuser session. But I'm like, no, this isn't TV. It's not radio. It's not like newspapers. What is it? <laughs> it's the internet. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and I think like... That a lot of breaking down those doors in the early days. Um, and I was just very stubborn. I find that that was quite a big part of why I am where I am today is because I was like, okay, cool, said no, watch, like sort of thing. I'm, I'm going to prove you sort of thing. Um, and that really, I think, helped me a lot. And then as I grew and, and started to learn a little bit more, I started branding it around self-belief and believing in yourself, not st- just being stubborn like it was self-belief was much more of a aspirational uh term um so yeah Mm. and I think experimentation and play are quite important to pick up in that because the early stages of something is definitely experimenting yeah definitely I remember I was scared when like MTV came to a shoot that I was doing and they had big lights big cameras and I had my little small camera and and it was with Georgia, for example. She did the first like Kelly Rowland interview, and like we was just like, oh my gosh, we're just gonna go into this room now. But we, what our unique selling point was that our platform was UK based. Georgia was quite uh, quirky with it, and that was our format of how we did interviews. So it was an experiment for us, and it worked. So it was just about trying it out yeah, and not being scared yeah. of that. I ask all of my guests this. What does ambition mean to you, Jamal Edwards? Ambition to me is getting up, getting up and doing it, not procrastinating. I think ambition is everything in terms of like making you reach to next levels in your career. Like I think I had ambition when I first started. I don't really use that word, but it's quite an important it's quite an important word. Ambition, definitely. And it doesn't need to stop as well. You can be ambitious in so many ways. If you are an inquisitive mind and you are a problem solver 
and you are like mm-hmm. hungry for knowledge and change and mm-hmm. creation, you can be still ambitious within all of those realms, regardless of what has been achieved. Because you achieve so much so young, but it doesn't get to a limit. Like it doesn't just cap. That's very like, true. Just because you were young and you nailed it. You're only as hot as your last hit. That's that, that's that saying. So it's like, yeah, once you get to that level, if if you do have ambition, you're always going to push further. So that is that is true. How do you succeed on your own terms? How I succeed on my own terms is by employing the people that I've sort of grown with. I think that's quite important. Always trying to give back to where you came from is important as well. And I think that is important when you're when you're thinking about how to succeed in your own terms. Um, and it's also chasing your dreams at a competition because your terms might be different from someone else's. And I find like when you're always looking at other people's, what they're doing, it distracts you from what, you, what you're doing. You're just following others. And that's who's, whose dreams are those? Those are someone else's. Even if you admire them, you know, it's, it's good to like have mentors and role models, etc. But at the same time, really focusing on what it means to you. I've stepped into mentoring a lot more recently. And like uh, a big part of it, I used to look at a lot of other content channels and just a lot of other stuff. And it really did distract me a lot. And I realised I had to be content with myself. right? And that's I've only recently come into being content with content that I'm making. Like, I go through my moments. I have my moments where it would be great. I have my moments where it isn't. But, like, I lost my inspiration. Even before lockdown, I lost my inspiration. But now I've got it back in lockdown. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's it's weird. It comes and it goes. Um, But I'm just trying to keep it for as long as possible um, and try and, like, empower the next generation. So how important is mentoring to you? It's super important because I didn't really get the opportunities for like a mentor or to learn a little bit more about the creative industry I sort of had to do it and do it back to front and um, whereas now like I've, I've partnered up with like Adobe and I'm doing like tutorial classes around like After Effects, Premiere Pro, motion graphics, colour grading, all of that with uh, a bunch of young people that might, ne- might not necessarily afford the creative class. We've given them creative cloud for a year we're teaching them up. Um, so yeah, like that's super important because I always look at things and think, what did I not have and what can I do to provide that for the young people of today? Um, and with them, I, I connect with them. I've got them all on WhatsApp. I ask them, how's it going? I proper like, I want the feedback. Is there anything that we can improve on? Would you want more of? Like proper, like making it. So by the end of the year that I've worked with them, they feel like they're um, very well versed in production, editing, fashion design and I get a buzz off it because I never really had anything like it and I believe the young people of today are the future leaders of tomorrow so it's good and then hopefully I'll get people my peers people that are a bit younger than me to their mentor kids as well um which is good so yeah we're on that process at the moment yeah because I think the idea of mentoring can seem like a slog on the outside because it's like putting you in a position of responsibility but what's not often talked about is how that is a cyclical experience. When you become a mentor, you're sort of being mentored by who you're mentoring as well, your mentee, because you learn from them. Oh, you won't believe it. Like, it's nuts. Like, I, I, had, a, I had a kid called Robson who um, messaged me 
um, and he was the first person in his family to go to uni, like, which was a big thing for him. He's a fellow Luton boy, fellow Chelsea supporter, like all of that. He gave all that message because he randomly messaged me and he's like, oh, I'd love for you to be my mentor. So I'm like, whoa, like, I was just really taken aback by the message. I was like, you know what? I respect your message. Come, let's go. So like, I've been working with him. He's been helping out. He's been teaching me stuff about new artists, new formats, new content. And I said to him the other day, I was just like, this is perfect. You're actually a blessing. And if I didn't check my messages, I was so open, I would have missed that message. You know what I'm saying? So as much as he's asked me to be a, a mentor for him, um, I found that I, he's he's teaching me as well. And the same with uh, another young lady um, called Andrea, who another one, she messaged me, I just want to come if you want to shoot, that's it. So she came all the way down to London, came to the shoot. Then after, she gave me like some five-page review of like the content I was doing, how I should do it. Like even on the shoot, she was like, I think you should move there. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, like at your age, I would have been so timid coming into a room and like <laughs> telling people directly. She's so confident. And I buzzed off that. I'm like, yo, I rate you. And uh, she's one of the uh, young people that's on the Adobe program now. So it's like, I'm this thing about being open and uh, um, it gives me a buzz when I'm working with these people. How do you keep learning new things alongside actually having a very demanding job? Um, how I keep learning new things is, uh, being open. So I've got about 20 WhatsApp groups with different creatives in my life, from my personal management to my team, to my friends. And that keeps me with new ideas, fresh, and I'm quite open. Like I'll go on, um, Snapchat, Instagram and say, oh, what do you want me to do? What do you want to see? And I get a whole bunch of ideas from people of all ages. And I find that super important when you're growing an audience or when you're growing content is to be open and nimble with it. So if someone says, oh, I want to see this artist or can you do this? We can do that. I act upon it. And then that person feels empowered because they feel a part of the journey. But then also I'm getting a new idea as well. So that's how I always keep fresh. And perhaps if you are on a journey, whether it's a learning one or a, a branding exercise of any sort, it is good to open up that because you're genuinely getting not only support, but like, market research people are telling you what they want what they need yes many focus groups that's our clock that's what i say mfgs like obviously there's brands that do huge focus groups all the time but actually just asking your audience a question and getting feedback and that that is uh market research in a way and yeah. and, and, it, and it helps you um it also makes the person that's giving you that feedback feel empowered um and that's like a symbiotic mutually beneficial relationship what do you think about our education system do you think it could do with shifting in any way oh yeah 100 um education there isn't like one book of education for all does that make sense like one one way to educate and that's it like and obviously there's a standard way but some students might not understand a, a certain way that education is being t- taught but like I, I found a Instagram account the other day called El Mafso or something like that that's teaching mathematics but in roadman language <laughs> it's quite hilarious <laughs> but um, these kids there's quite a few he's got thousands of followers have gone down a traditional route of education but not understood it in their lessons but I've listened to this roadman I'm just like it's crazy it's fascinating but he's going viral at the moment on Instagram but it just shows you of different ways how people can interpret education but also there isn't just one book for education and like a lot of teachers I've met some amazing teachers that really like inspire me with the way that they take their classes and really open up their 
um, kids and their parents. But then there are of some teachers that just that are textbooks teachers that just run it like that, and that's it. Like, and I find it's about a bit of both. It's about being flexible, but then at the same time, finding the right textbook because that roadmap might not be for everyone, but for a certain amount of kids. It is that way. One of my previous guests was a guy called Mark Grist. Oh, yeah. Off, yeah, he's the rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's amazing. That's another, <laughs> another, another way of how education can be interpreted to a different crowd. And yeah, it's again, like I say, education is there's not just a textbook. You have to make it fit for different people. And it needs to go with and change with us as we evolve, really, as a society. And, and, and really giving like teachers the freedom to adapt to who they're teaching. 100%. I think that's like the next, hopefully the next five to 10 years, you'll get a few like head teachers that are thinking in that way and that will um, apply that to the their school system. Like, Because another thing that I always say is social media etiquette. There should be lessons on how kids, young people, students carry themselves on social media because little do they know, like late, years later down the line when it comes back to haunt them about something they've put online, they can't get a job. Do you know what I'm saying? And I feel like it's so important. Um, and it's only now where IT, like when I was leaving school, ICT and computers started getting put into lessons. We had the whiteboards with the interactive pen and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm very excited about what the next five to 10 years could look like for education. So I definitely feel it's come a long way since we were in school. Mm, and, and I think it should be encouraged as well, you know, by the government for each school to take on its own personality and become as nimble as it could be. Yeah. It's where the magic happens. Definitely, 100%. For those young people who are inspired by all of your work, mm-hmm. Jamal, and might want to follow in your footsteps, what is the most important lesson that you've learned along the way? Like, there's two quotes that I always love saying. Three, actually. One is more of a life thing, which is love all trust a few, do wrong to none. That's how I sort of like live live life. But the other two quotes are uh, chase your dreams for the competition, which I touched on before. And uh, there are those who look at things the way they are and ask why. But I say dream of things that never were and ask why not. But then also tax, VAT, money, accountants, all about that, learning about that, legal, just the bare, like the basics of like when you're starting your business, I find that so important. Um, and also backing up your data. Like if if a lot of people listen to this like, into production, um, hard drives, back up, back it up, back it up, and then back it up again. So important. And I've learned, I'm talking from previous experience, bad experience that I've had with not backing up my content. And if I could teach anyone that's listening to this, like do that. And another thing, document. It doesn't matter. You might not think. I always get a lot of people that are like, but my life's not interesting. Yes, it is. Stop saying that. That's the first mistake that you've made. Why am I putting I'm putting I'm bare pointing like <laughs> I feel like I'm telling someone off. But um it's like <laughs> <laughs> He's like, pointing, listeners. He's pointing at the Zoom. He's because it's stuff that I wish someone told me, do you know what I'm saying? Like and one of the biggest things, like uh, it hurts me. It does hurt me. Like and I used to think that my life was not interesting. But coming how far I've come now, I wish I had all that stuff back in the day. I don't. So, like, it doesn't matter. Start now. Film it on your phone. Your phones are so, like, good now. Like, I'm recording a backup of this right in my phone. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no excuse. Whatever you want to get into, just document your life. This podcast is brought to you by The Open University. Have you heard about the OU and what they do? What do you think? I've heard, like, they're, like, it's, they're flexible. You can 
basically study in your own time. I find it quite fascinating because I was like, oh, like that's like a perfect thing for me. Like, because obviously I was doing SBTV, but I, I didn't need a Monday to Friday. I needed something a bit more flexible. And then that's how I found out about Open University. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's great. Like they've taken education and again, formatted it for people that can't do the full time, but they still want to get their degree and whatever. So I think it's, it's a brilliant um, idea. Jamal, thank you for your brains, your passion, talent, and also your resilience, I would say. We need the resilience that you have. Uh, We really do in this country, especially right now. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your time. Thank you for having me on. It's been good to have a chat. It's been so revitalising to catch up with Jamal. I haven't spoken to Jamal for a long time and it feels like he has a whole air of wisdom about him that he didn't have when he was starting out. It's very, very cool to see. And the fact that he's taking on that responsibility so graciously in terms of inspiring a new generation and learning from his own mistakes at the same time as still being hungry for knowledge and new challenges. Wow. I feel like we can all take a leaf out of Jamal's book. Now I'm going to talk to someone who's studying with the Open University and thinking in the same kind of sky is the limit way when it comes to ambition. I caught up with Isabel to find out about how her entrepreneurial spirit is being encouraged and what might be next for her. Yo, Isabel, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm not bad. I hear that you cut your fringe in an act of punkery. (laughs) It's the most rebellious (laughs) thing I think I've ever done. Just grab some scissors and just snip it off. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about what you're studying at the moment and what do you love most about your course? I'm studying English and creative writing. And to be honest, I'm loving everything about it. I think getting back into studying something is what I've been wanting to do for ages and I'm just, to be honest, having the best time. How does it align with your general goals in terms of moving forward in life and growing always? I think it's going quite well because my goal is to be a um, beauty editor for a magazine. So doing English is probably the best route to go down. And it also gives me a few more kind of wider things to go off because English can kind of go into anything. So if I was going to apply for the OU, I would look at all the courses and be like, oh, oh, because there's so many. But what was it about the course that you chose that made you feel like it was definitely the one for you? I was always an English person when I was in school. It was the the one that I excelled in the most. And I kind of, when I was speaking, because I had a lot of talks with my mum about it, being like, should I do it? Which one should I do? Because I was torn between going into journalism or going into marketing I was like split between the both and she basically was just like well English will get you to all of them because if you have that as a base you can learn everything else which to be honest was the best decision so it's all down to me mum like everything is cute and what do your friends and family think about you studying at the OU they were all pushing me to do it. I think my fiance, especially, he's seen because all of my friends went to uni and they all got a degree. And I was kind of for a few years being like a bit jealous because I didn't go down that road. And I was thinking about it pretty much since we did the first lockdown. And he was just like, you just need to do it. Even if you don't go down to do the job that you want to do, you've achieved 
the degree that you want which I know is like not a big thing but there was always something about me feeling like I'd missed out um and yeah my mum was properly pushing me to do it being like just go for it it'll be fine (laughs) don't worry so yeah they're all pretty happy for me and they're all helping what are you currently working as Izzy and what are your ambitions so at the minute I'm a beauty consultant in a department store and the brand that I work with we had this kind of achievement party last year and they were all everyone who works in head office were having a little talk about where they started and how they got to the job that they're in and a lot of them were saying that they were on the counter whilst they were doing a degree and were able to get into the roles that they're in now and there was something about that that kind of sparked everything off because I'm one of the biggest beauty obsessed people I think ever I literally won't stop going on about it looking for stuff buying stuff which I shouldn't be but I do it anyway um so I'd always loved the beauty industry but I've been getting more interested in the other side of it like how they market products how they get it out there and all that stuff and that's kind of where the idea of doing a degree started because I wanted to get into that but without having a degree it's a little bit harder. So how has the OU given you the flexibility that you need in order to continue studies and working too? Because it's kind of on your own time you can pick the hours that you have to work like when we do assessments and stuff we know in advance when they need to be due in and we have blocks of this week you should be studying this part of your book so you can plan out easily how much you need to do and when you need to do it which makes it easy for me because then I can schedule it around my rota at work and doing stuff outside of work as well which helps so I'm not stuck to a certain schedule I can kind of be a bit more flexible around what I need to do. Is doing the course how you expected it to be? I don't really know what I was expecting to be honest because I've never really done remote learning before I've always been in a classroom but it kind of gave me a bit more freedom and I think I'm learning better having been in my own environment and doing it on my terms and not having to follow a certain schedule which is nice. And are you achieving what you wanted? Yeah, I did. I went into it with no expectations because I hadn't done anything really since I did a year course at a drama school after I finished college. Um, so I had no expectations and I didn't know how the university marking system worked. I didn't know what percentages meant. And I got my first assessment back and I was like, oh, I've got this percent and my fiance looked at me he was like that's a first and I was like sat in bed what I've got a first and I was like well then yes girl I must be doing something right and can you tell me a little bit about the course content do you use a variety of study materials is it all online do you use textbooks how does it go down before the course started we got sent um the three textbooks that we needed for the first module that I'm doing and pretty much the majority of stuff you can find it in there and then we also have an online study material as well which goes with the textbook that you've got and it gives you a step-by-step guide of what to follow and what part of the book you need to read. I've not really needed to go outside of what they provided with us which makes my life so much easier because I'm not panic googling through the morning 
a question to try and find the answer to it. So it is really helpful and it is really easy to follow as well, which is good. And do you get a tutor at the OU? How does that work? Yeah, so we have um, a tutor assigned to what module that we're doing. Um, And he's the sweetest person in the world. He sent us a little welcome email. He sent us an individual introducing himself about what his interests are and why he works at the OU. Honestly, I don't think I could do it without him. How do you get on with the other students on your course and how do you get to know them? Um, They have these little chats and forums and stuff. And when we first enrolled into the course, our little kind of classes who everyone who's doing your course had a little forum and you used to introduce every introduce yourself to each other and get to know who you are why you're studying and things like that and then I think a few people have set up a discord as well so if anyone's having a stress about anything in the course we're just like help us please and how are you finding it so far in terms of inspiring you for the future have you felt like this is like the beginnings of something that could go into many different directions. Yeah, I've already been looking into jobs already, which I'm a bit ahead of myself, but I think it's that motivation that I've got back to do something and have a career in something that I'm interested in. So I think when I left school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I was kind of just picking and going to different things. But I feel like I've got this ambition to do what I've set out to do, which I'm excited about. So you mentioned that you're already looking for jobs. What kind of things have you been looking at? At the minute, I've been looking into internships. So um, I've been that annoying person on LinkedIn and messaging every single person who has anything to do with any form of beauty brand or fashion company being like hello I'm doing a degree um are you doing any internships can I apply so it's just kind of I think trying to find a way in the door but because I'm doing a degree that's already helping me so much more Mm. compared to when I didn't what about creatively has it sparked you to want to explore anything else creatively within the creative fields well when I a few years ago I started a blog and then as it was going on, I kind of lost motivation to do it. And then ever since I've been starting to do this course, I've got that motivation back to write things and post stuff, which I'm excited about. So what is your entrepreneurialism? What's your blog and what's the attitude and goal behind it? It started off basically with me just wanting to talk about beauty stuff because I think everyone that I know was sick to death of me going on about it. So I thought I'll write it and then other people might find it interesting. I've also started a YouTube channel, which is a bit more of me just blabbing on. But yeah, it's just kind of a a release of all my energy goes into that. How is the degree enhancing your ambitions with your writing, YouTubing and blogging? It's given me that... Um, kind of excitement to do it again but also I'm the worst when it comes to scheduling and being consistent with anything and I've found since I've started doing the degree that I've got a bit more like I know what I need to do and when it's kind of become a bit more consistent which is nice for me because I'm not used to it at all. Do you think getting the degree is going to help you with your future ambition? Definitely. I feel like it's it was the one piece that was kind of missing. And I think I've spent the past few years wondering how to get to where I need to be. 
Um, but finally I'm on the right track to get in there. So I'm very excited for the future. Do you have any advice that you'd give to others who are considering distance learning? I think it's one of the best decisions that I've ever made. It was something that I was going back and forth with for a little bit before I actually applied. So I would definitely say if you're thinking about it, just do it because it is the best decision that you'll make. And I prefer it, to be honest, from any learning that I've done before. Thank you so much, Isabel. Good luck with everything in the future. Thank you very much. This has been a super fun episode to make and I hope that you've had fun listening to it. For me, it continues to be inspiring to talk to people like Isabel and Jamal who still have a flame burning, who are still clearly passionate about generating new ideas, working with people in different ways and to continue to learn. It's the essence of a modern entrepreneurial spirit. Thank you so much for listening. It's our final episode of the series next week and I can't believe that we've got there so fast. But we're finishing with an absolute cracker of a conversation. I'm sitting down with Lorraine Pascal to talk about personal reinventions, mental health and how we can generate a better awareness and understanding of mental health in our education system. Can't wait for you to hear it. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your mates and everyone that you think might benefit from this series. And I'll see you, well, you can hear me next time. You've been listening to Life on Our Terms, a podcast with The Open University. It was presented by me, Gemma Kearney, and produced by Listen Entertainment. Listen Entertainment.